Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with this message entitled, St. Paul's Priestly Ministry, preached August 19th, 2012. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 17. St. Paul's Priestly Ministry. Most churches today are very ignorant of the gospel, as articulated by St. Paul in his letter to the Church of Rome. Roman Christians, we were told, were full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, competent, powerful, able to counsel one another. The question is, why did Paul write this epistle to them? He did not found this church. He wrote to them, he tells us to remind them. That's point number one, reminding. To remind them of the gospel, which they already knew in its essence. Friends, we believers need reminding of the truth of the Bible. We tend to neglect the Bible study. We tend to forget what we know. We are distracted by the things of this world. We need to read the Bible prayerfully and seriously meditate on the word of God. Paul tells us in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you admonish one another with all wisdom. Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be given you. Jesus also said, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We are to live by the counsel of God's holy word. And not of the devil. Yes, we need to be reminded. St. Peter said the same thing. Second Peter chapter 1. So I will always remind you of these things. Even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. And in chapter 3, Peter writes, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders 
to stimulate you to wholesome thinking, sir. The pornography you watch on that iPhone will not stimulate you to wholesome thinking. St. Peter tells us in Acts 20, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. We need reminding, sir. Second, Paul speaks about the grace given to him to be an apostle. So he also wrote this letter to the saints in Rome because of the grace given to him who poured you from God. The source of all grace is God. He was given the grace to be an apostle as he already said in chapter 1 verse 5. Through him and for his name's sake we received grace and apostleship to call people from all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. Though he was chief of all sinners and less than the least of all the saints God called him to be an apostle of Jesus Christ and he tells about this in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 2 surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given me for you And chapter 3 verse 5, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given me for you, which was not made known to men in other generations as it has now been revealed by the spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. He was God's holy apostle. Chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And Second Peter 3, dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. St. Paul was an apostle by grace 2 Peter 3 15 and 16 bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him he writes the same way in all his letters speaking in them of these matters his letters contain some things that are hard to understand which ignorant 
and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. St. Paul was an apostle and his writings were scriptures. And Romans 12 verse 3, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. And Acts 9, 15, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. 1 Corinthians 15, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect. Friends, he was appointed by God to preach and write the gospel. He's an apostle of Christ to all peoples, Jews and Gentiles. So he has the authority to teach all churches, whether he founded them or not. And he has the authority to speak to us this morning. Because his word is the very word of God. What an apostle says... Christ says his message is infallible word of God for all the saints of all ages the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets so Paul does not apologize to Romans for writing this letter it is his business to do so he is reminding them of the one gospel which Paul and Peter preached. For they need reminding as we need reminding. So we preach the word in this church every week several times. Expository preaching of God's word is sine qua non is necessary, vital for the building up of the saints unlike St. Paul most pastors are not given grace to preach either the people call them to preach or they call themselves to preach in order to make a living God called ministers are rare. They are not many. If God has called, you will be given grace to know the gospel, to live the gospel, and preach the gospel with all boldness and power of the Holy Ghost. St. Paul was given grace from God. What was the purpose of this divine grace to him? That he be a liturgist. That's the word, liturgos. That he is a public servant of Christ Jesus. 
faithful to Christ Jesus and be accountable to him. He must faithfully represent his master. He is a minister of Christ Jesus especially unto the Gentiles. He is given grace to render the priestly duty of preaching the gospel of God. Hierurgeo. Only in this place it appears in the Bible. To perform the priestly duty. Paul's priestly function was different from the Levitical priests who were involved in the rituals of the temple. The Old Testament sacrificial system along with the Levitical priesthood came to an end when Jesus Christ God's son accomplished redemption for all elect sinners by his death on the cross. He offered himself once for all to make atonement for our sins. Paul's priestly ministry consisted in preaching the gospel and writing scripture. Christianity, friends, has only one priest, our Lord Jesus Christ, who accomplished redemption for us. So those who claim to be priests who offer up Jesus Christ as sacrifice for the salvation of worshippers are being false to the gospel. They made the communion table an altar. The bread and wine were looked upon as literal body and blood of Christ offered up as atoning sacrifice to God. The minister stopped preaching the gospel. He puts on strange priestly clothes and pretends to offer up Christ in sacrifice continuously. Such a priest pretends he is above the people. He is the depository of salvation which he gives to the laity who come to him to receive the sacraments. All this make a good show. Big cathedral, bells, smoke, weird vestments, lights, sound, color, lifting up and kissing and bowing down. But there is no truth of the gospel in this drama. Paul was given grace from God to perform the sacred priestly duty of expository preaching of the word of God. That Christ died for our sins and was raised for our justification. That is what he is doing in this letter. That man, every man is a sinner. He is under God's wrath. The wages of sin is death eternal. But God in his grace saves sinners. And through the priestly work of his son, Jesus Christ, he saves sinners. 
He justifies sinners who repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Those whom God justifies freely by grace, he also sanctifies by the same grace. God who is holy makes his people holy to worship him. The wicked sinners of Romans 1:18 through 32 are now transformed into saints who do what is right and just in the sight of God. The sons of disobedience have now become obedient sons of God. Mr. Priest, you are not doing it right. You are not building according to the plan shown on the mountain. Therefore, when God examines what you built, his presence shall not dwell with the people that you are a minister of. Yes, true ministers are doing the sacred priestly duty. If they faithfully preach the gospel. But we reject every form of sacerdotalism as the reformers did. We believe, friends, in the priesthood of all true believers. We are all priests of God and so we all worship the true and living triune God in spirit and in truth. And so we read, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual Sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. First Peter 2 5. And first Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. And Revelation 1 6 and he has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and father to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews 13 15 through Jesus therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Not sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that confess his name. And he already told us in Romans 12 verse 1. What sacrifice we should offer. Therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy. To offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable to God. Which is your spiritual act of worship. Friends every believer is a priest. Men, women and children. All who trust in Jesus Christ our great high priest. Are priests. Our prayers, our singing, our confession. Our daily life. Our preaching and our giving. 
all offered in worship of God by his holy priests number three there is also an offering of people people offering we have a man in this church and he was brought here by a sister and he heard the gospel and was saved and his family so on that day it will be credited to her that you brought to me not just money but you brought a people offering an offering consists in people this apostle is given grace from God we are told specifically to bring offering to God consisting of believing Gentiles who offer themselves as living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God this he did all his life as he preached the gospel in the power of the spirit the Gentiles who heard the gospel believed and confessed faith comes by not smoke and bell and vestments but by preaching the gospel faith comes by hearing the gospel preached the gospel is central in God's saving plan no preaching of the gospel means no faith that means no salvation that means no church and so we are told in Romans in Romans chapter 1 verse 1 Paul a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God and verse 9 God whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his son Romans 1 14 through 16 I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks both to the wise and the foolish that is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greeks Romans 6 verse 17 but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted God entrusts us to the gospel Romans 15 verse 16 to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles with the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God Romans 15 19 by the power of signs and miracles through the power of the spirit so from Jerusalem all the way around I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ 1 Corinthians 2, 2, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you. 
not simply with words but also with power with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction you know how we lived among you for your sake 1 Thessalonians 2.13 and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God the gospel which you heard from us you accepted it not as the word of men but as it actually is the word of God which is at work in you who believe the church that does not preach the gospel as revealed in this epistle is a synagogue of Satan such churches do not produce saints they produce antinomians as Christ call them in Matthew 7:23 then I will tell them plainly I never knew you depart from me antinomians Christ calls the leaders of these churches in Matthew 23 hypocrites blind guides blind fools brood of vipers There are evangelical antinomians, charismatic antinomians, reformed antinomians, orthodox antinomians, Pentecostal antinomians, liberal antinomians, Catholic antinomians, Baptist antinomians, Methodist antinomians, Presbyterian antinomians. They do not preach the gospel that God saves wicked sinners under God's wrath through the atoning work of Jesus Christ by grace alone through faith alone as revealed in the holy bible for God's glory and for our eternal happiness Paul preached this gospel to the gentiles as an apostle to the gentiles in fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy Chapter 52 verse 15 those who were not told about him that is about the suffering servant the messiah they will see and those who have not heard will understand so saint paul brought an offering of believing gentiles from especially the eastern part of the roman empire from the southeast point of Jerusalem to the northwest point of Illyricum covering a vast area of Syria, Turkey, Macedonia, Greece and Illyricum which is Herzegovina, Montenegro, Serbia and Dalmatia what an offering consisting of people this is also in fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 20 and they will bring all your brothers from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord friends have you brought a people offering to the Lord as a result of your witnessing for the Lord in the world Do you have sons and daughters in the faith? Have you brought your own children to the Lord as an offering to the Lord? The Bible speaks about 
Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And your household. St. John tells us in 3rd John verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. And I would say I have no greater sorrow than to know my children are wicked sinners. Number four, it is acceptable offering. It is not enough that these Gentiles declared themselves to be believers. It is not enough that St. Paul certified them to be believers. They are to be eupros Acceptable to God. Will Christ accept them? Will he say, I know you? Or will he say, I never knew you? Depart from me, you all evildoers. God, friends, does not accept every offering. And Isaiah says in chapter 1, the multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me? I have more than enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. Friends, you can have large churches consisting of hundreds of thousands of believers. The question is, will Christ accept them? Multitudes of so-called Christians are antinomians. They are unacceptable to God and the day will prove it. They do not believe in this gospel to the Romans. Number five. Not only the offering be acceptable but it must be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Offering of people should be acceptable to God and it shall be if it is sanctified by the Holy Spirit. It is specifically the work of the Holy Spirit to apply redemption to God's elect and foreloved sinners. When the Spirit of God raises those dead in sins by the miracle of regeneration, they will repent of their sins and trust savingly in Jesus Christ. The same Holy Spirit will enable them to do so. They will be justified and sanctified. They will be led by the Spirit They will hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will love God according to Luke 10.27 with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their strength and with all their mind. And they will love also one another. They live the life of the kingdom of God which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. There will be a 180 degree difference and change 
in their life as revealed in Ephesians 2 1 through 10 or as revealed in Ephesians 4:28, which says he who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in it. You see the man who doesn't work is stealing all the time unless he doesn't eat. Change, sir. Not only justification but sanctification also is God's work of grace. Sanctified by the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians six eleven, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. In First Peter one verse two, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. If we are sanctified by the Holy Spirit, then we shall be acceptable to God. If we are sanctified by the Holy Spirit, we will be characterized by holiness, holy living. So we read in Hebrews 12, 14, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy without holiness no one will see the Lord if you are sanctified by the Holy Spirit we will not stop at justification a forensic act of God we will also experience sanctification definitive and progressive as this epistle teaches us Romans 6 1 through 4 what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so the grace may increase by no means we died to sin how can we live in it in it any longer or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Gentiles were unclean. They were dogs in the eyes of the Jews. They were prevented from worshipping God in the temple. They could be killed for worshipping God in the temple. But God by the Holy Spirit sanctifies the Gentiles. Now they are clean by the mighty work of the Holy Spirit. They worship God in spirit and in truth. Therefore they are called saints. Romans 1 verse 7 to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Philippians 3, 2 and 3, watch out for those dogs. Speaking about Judaizers, Jewish people. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. 
For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God and be glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the externalism of the flesh. These Gentile converts, as a result of Paul's preaching the gospel and the powerful work of the Spirit, are offered up by Paul to God as an acceptable sacrifice. They are acceptable to God because they themselves live daily to please God. And friends, all this is the work of the Holy Trinity. And notice true believers are the handiwork of all three persons of the Godhead. And verse 16 of chapter 15 tells you this. Father planned our salvation. Christ accomplished our redemption by his life, death, and resurrection. The Holy Spirit applies this redemption to every repenting and believing sinner without discrimination. If you do not believe in the doctrine of the Trinity, one God existing in three persons, you cannot be saved. Listen to the Westminster Confession, chapter 2, section 3. In the unity of the Godhead, there be three persons of one substance, power, and eternity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. The Father is of none, neither begotten nor proceeding. The Son is eternally begotten of the Father, the Holy Ghost, eternally proceeding from the Father and the Son. So take a look at Romans 15 and verse 16. Paul is a minister of Christ Jesus, second person of the Trinity. Performing the priestly duty of preaching the gospel of God the Father, the first person of the Trinity. That is offering of the Gentiles be sanctified by the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father. God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. Salvation is the work of one God existing in three persons. That's why Unitarians are not Christians. So we are told, we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And the benediction says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Friends, to God be all the glory for making us all royal priests who offer up to him acceptable sacrifice of our lives in all its various aspects, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You are a royal priest, men, women, children. What a work God has done. Heavenly Father, we pray that you apply these words I preached to the heart of people. 
the hearts you have opened by the mighty power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.